Good morning. My name is Ed Hollihan, and this is The View From Here. I had the chance recently to sit with a class of high school seniors for a discussion of work and growing up and life. It was marvelous. They asked big questions, and the grown-ups in the room tried their best to tell them what we've learned during our time on the planet. I think it's easier for me to be completely honest with young people. I have nothing to prove to them. They have no expectations of me, and this is most important. They are amazed that I've done so many things in my life. It's not so much that I've lived a charmed life, I, I have, but I think it's more that my years of living provides such an enormous sample of life when compared to their 17 years of experience. That is precisely why old people and young people should talk to each other a lot. Seasoned veterans of the planet have been so many places and done so many things and taken so many chances and failed so many times and succeeded brilliantly often enough that we offer a fabulous picture window for young people to look through. Are you listening, Grandma, Grandpa? <laughs> you have so much to offer, so many stories to tell. Just be careful to bide your time, pick your openings, and get invited to the conversation. There's nothing more tedious to a teenager than a preachy old-timer, and few things more welcome than someone who tells a story worth telling. At one point in the discussion, the notion of living a fulfilling life came up, and we talked of one's personal wiring. It occurs to me that there are two kinds of people in the world, and they are each born wired to be who they are. I know many of both types who are happy, and I think a lot of it has to do with knowing which sort you are in the first place. Some people make their place in the world, and some find their place. There are folks who plot and plan and train for a goal. They see where they want to be, and then they take steps to go about getting there. Choosing a school because of its excellence in a particular field makes a lot of sense to these folks. Selected physical workouts in preparation for a specific future event make sense too. Know where you want to go. Do what's necessary to get there. Make your place in the world. Then there's the other camp, in which I am included. We tend to let the world come to us, start most days without a plan, and have little notion of an agenda for next year and the years after. We move from a place or a job with relative ease and find ourselves doing what we do on a daily basis because we like doing it. If it loses its appeal, we change the deal. We find our place in a world that is unfolding. The best example that I could give my high school friends was how I came to be a toy and game inventor, something I did for most of my adult life. Up until that point, I had driven a taxi in Manhattan, counted record albums in a warehouse, sold toy trains, apprenticed to a goldsmith, played a lot of chess, learned golf, and had recently moved to a new city when an old friend of mine approached me. Charlie said, you're good with your hands, and you're funny. You want to try inventing toys? I said, you mean people do that for a living? And then I said, yes. 
I had been trained in photography and writing, had studied music and filmmaking, was a better than average third baseman, and then I said yes to what would become the joyous and rewarding better part of the next 30 years. The opportunity came to me, and I took it. It was not a goal. It was one of a thousand choices that I happened to be open to. I have very dear friends who woke up this morning with the intention of climbing a mountain. For some, it's a real tree and boulder mountain. For others, it's an intensely personal climb. Forms or habits that need changing. For them, the object is established, it's out there, and they will conquer it. As for me, I woke up this morning and contemplated a vase full of daffodils. It was lit by the sunrise, and I felt like my day had been successful already.